You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. At the same time, the question that I have is, are you being faithful where you are right now? Because a lot of times we have a Pollyanna idea of missions that I'm going to go and win uh, the lost villagers to the Lord, but yet I've never shared the gospels the gospel in my own community, or I've never served in my own community, but I'm going to be known as this great missionary, you know, who goes abroad. Doesn't work that way at all. And you're going to be sorely disappointed and discouraged. So be obedient in the little things. And as Jose said, the Lord will give you more and more and more. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, today joined by two special guests. They're always special. We want nothing but the best here for the Conversation Podcast listeners. Today, joined by Lead Pastor Jose Avaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Always good. And do you want to queue up? Yes, I want to queue up our very special guest, (laughs) the one and only founding pastor, Rob, Dr. Rob Campbell is in the house. Rob, I want to apologize for not welcoming you up on the stage as founding pastor, Dr. Rob Campbell. I'll get over it. Will you forgive me? Yes. And also you introduce your mother-in-law and my wife, or mother-in-law and your mom Mm -hmm. as two of the most fabulous people. Yes, compassionate is the way that I describe it. In the world. That's correct. And I haven't heard this, this same descriptor yet. In yeah, this, in I spoke correctly. I won't go back on that one, but I didn't expect anything more or less. Oh, he's referring to last week's episode in case y'all missed it, but uh, great stuff. Great job. Well, Rob, thanks for being here. This past Sunday, you had an amazing message talking titled, If I Were the Devil. But before we get into all that, I'd love to just kind of, I know for some listeners, they'd love to hear kind of what you've been up to over the last year or a little over a year since the baton passed. Can you kind of fill us in a little bit on that? Yeah, the major ministry I've been involved in is Earth Mission Asia, and Earth Mission Asia provides quality health care for remote villages in eastern portion of Myanmar, formerly known as Burma. And so my role is donor development, and that means taking care of the people that are currently giving to that ministry, recruiting new folks to give. And it's been a learning curve, a very steep learning curve. And it's actually was a very good year in uh, 2020, despite uh, COVID. There has not been a large outbreak of COVID, thank goodness, in that portion of the world. But we were able to serve about 200 plus more patients than we served the previous year, 2019. So that's a little bit over 12,000 patients. And so we're very grateful for that. So, yep, good team over there, amazing people, truly indigenous uh, ministry, lifting up the the locals to do the work of ministry. And so I'm very fortunate to be uh, affiliated with uh, Earth Mission Asia. I mean, it's fitting, right, that we're talking about the Great Commission, mm-hmm. and you've done just that after passing the baton. You have been yeah. involved with the gospel mission of Earth Mission Asia um, for the last year. I was bummed when we were not able to go this past summer, but I hope that we're able to go soon. Yeah, doors will open up eventually, and we'll have an opportunity to now take you and others from Cyprus, but also some other uh, pastors from America who want to go. Yep. Awesome. 
That's awesome. Well, Rob, you did a great job. I'd love to kind of hear uh, how it felt to be back in some ways. <laughs> and I also love you've made you've done so many uh, you know sermons over many years. And so I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts as you kind of prepared for this. I know kind of the focus on Mission Sunday and the Great Commission, but what kind of led you to kind of pick this message and just put all those pieces together as you headed into this uh, Sunday? Well, I don't have a high need to be original. <laughs> And so this is a message that I have done before at Cypress Creek Church. And it, to me, resonates in the context of world missions. Mm -hmm. And so when Jose asked me to do this message, which interestingly enough was the first time that we were at, you know, able to land, um, land this after passing the baton, which is totally fine. Um, I thought, you know, when he asked me to speak on missions, that this would be a message that's important to me and the one I wanted to to um, deliver today. How was it? It was fine. It was great. You know, great to be back. And it's amazing how many faces that I do not recognize, which is a good thing. And I said during the message how pleased I am and proud I am of our pastors and overseers for the work that they've done. And they have been able to maneuver um, COVID and the like in a very um, good, excellent manner and keep everybody moving forward to really reach the nations. Mm -hmm. At the same time, caring for your own, there's a lot of needs in this church family and that's a part uh, of building a community and all this kind of good stuff. So yeah, I hope that answers yeah. your question. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you had kind of four points, so I'd love to kind of just dive into each of those four and unpack and feel free to add anything uh, that, that y'all can think of. I'd love to hear your thoughts too, Jose. The first one, well, the, kind of the prompt is, how could I, you were placing that as like the devil, could prevent the gospel from being preached throughout the entire world? And so the first one here is marginalized missions. And so maybe if you want to give just like a quick little recap for those that um, didn't tune in, and then we'll kind of expound on that. Yeah, the whole idea of that point is just to keep the church busy doing stuff that ultimately does not really make a difference. It doesn't push the ball down the court. It doesn't help a church, you know, maybe a poor metaphor really score the gospel around uh, the world. It becomes all about me instead of this is not about us. And so, and, and the, the tempter is very creative in marginalizing missions because we might feel good about ourselves as a church family if we go and serve one individual or if a community group goes and helps this person or you know this other helping hands organization that needs you know our service uh, but overall is it in our dna overall is it in our blood where uh, we don't wipe ourselves out necessarily we we're not all consumed with busyness but we just get our eye off the ball instead of uh, staying focused on um, what's really important outside the walls of the church. 
Yeah, no, that's a perfect tee up to my next question that kind of both deals with the point on marginalizing missions and also the Great Commission becoming the Great Omission, which was your second point. This concept of looking outside the walls. Uh, I'm sitting here with the founding pastor and the current lead pastor. I'd love to kind of preface by saying, one, hearing from Rob, you kind of sharing how this has been something that I know from just my limited experience over the last few years at Cyprus. This has been something from the beginning that y'all have valued and had externally focused. So I'd love for you to touch on that. Like this isn't just a phase. This is something that now that it's cool, we're doing that you've kind of woven this into, like you said, the DNA of the church. And then Jose, I'd love to hear your kind of just vision and dreams for what this, uh, the future holds as far as what you want to hold on to. So Rob, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is most of our current ministry partners were introduced to the church family by members of the church. So I didn't go out and seek these relationships. But people within Cypress Creek Church said, hey, I'd like for you to meet a pastor or a missionary that we've been supporting for a while, or I got to know him here or there. And so we just began to develop relationships. And that's really what's important to us is we are not a church family that merely sends dollars. Mm -hmm. Although that is important, but we want to have a holistic approach uh, to supporting our ministry partners. And what needs to take place primarily is something called relationship, where they know us and we know them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rob, I don't know if you remember this, but when I first landed back in Wimberley after two years in D.C., started out as the student pastor, I was so excited to go to South America. I was excited to go back to Europe on mission. Um, fun fact is when I asked for Taylor, my wife's hand in marriage, I told Rob, remember that? That we would be missionaries mm-hmm. and that we were going to move overseas in a, in a year's time. And that didn't happen. We moved to DC and then we came back. So in a way, yes, we were missionaries. Um, but I'll never forget when you said Yes, to missions, but also you're you're the student pastor. So so do missions here. The cool thing that I saw and learned from that, because I was really ready to trampoline over into the nations. When I am faithful with the assignments that God has given me, that will open up doors in his timing, not mine, and give me the desires of my heart. So what happened is I showed up to Mexico with Joel uh, Hernandez a few a few years later, and we walked into the house of David and um, Lorena Grimaldo, and then we met their kids who were my age. This was a relationship that you started when you and David were in your 30s, early tw- uh, late 20s. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now here was this second generation, me being your son-in-law, being in their living room, and they were shocked. They thought that we were some sort of spies because we were fluent in Spanish and no one, uh, or, or not two, maybe there was only, only one translator at a time, but they never had two uh, fully you know, fluent and also natural Spanish speakers in, in their home. And that has opened up a beautiful relationship yeah. with their kids. You know, and that that... I have another thought on that, what Jose just said, is that maybe somebody listened to the message today or will listen to it and feels called to go to the nations. And that's great, and I would certainly encourage that. And you need to partner with the local church in order to go to the nations, in my estimation. At the same time, the question that I have is, are you being faithful where you are right now? Because 
lot of times we have a Pollyanna idea of missions that I'm going to go and win uh, the lost villagers to the Lord, but yet I've never shared the gospels, mm-hmm. the, the gospel in my own community, <laughs> or I've never served in my own community. But I'm going to be known as this great missionary, you know, who goes abroad. Doesn't work that way mm-hmm. at all, and you're going to be sorely disappointed and discouraged. Mm-hmm. So be obedient in the little things, and as Jose said, the Lord will give you more and more and more. That's it. That's, That's it. That's God's way. <laughs> it really is. So I loved uh, not only going to Mexico, but then Cuba. <laughs> we were with Ricardo, Pastor Ricardo in Cuba, and that was just a ball. Again, you see the favor of the Lord there that he's given us as a church. Um, you you asked moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my hope is to be there. I mean, we were supposed to be in Zimbabwe in August of 2020 Mm -hmm. because um, Patrick wanted to do something similar to what we had done in the Baton Pass. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to bridge the generations. And now we weren't able to do that because of COVID. So my hope is to reconnect and then go see what the needs are and then see what God is doing here in Wimberley, San Marcos, Hayes County, et cetera, through Cypress Creek Church, and then connect the dots, which is probably one of my favorite things to do period, mm-hmm. is watch God do, you know, something parallel in different places and say, hey, y'all need to talk. We need to do this thing that God's already setting up. And then I think uh, we will see a continuation of the foundation that you, Rob, have have uh, laid for 27 years mm-hmm. at Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big deal. That is a big deal. Rob, your third point was talking about not getting focused on praying for the harvest and instead what scripture talks about as far as praying for the workers. So uh, I love kind of two-part question. One is kind of why is that such a maybe profound thing to mention? And then two, you've now gone from kind of the the pastor and on staff to now being more of in the community. You know, we've always been in the community, but a lay person in the community. I'd love to kind of hear your kind of- uh, Sorry, lay person just makes me- uh, you're a normal, I don't know. Uh, a normal, <laughs> normal person. Normal person. Uh, I'm not. A non-pastor person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, but as far as the difference between those, kind of how you've kind of shifted in your mentality towards just yes, sharing okay. the gospel. So the first part was uh, being ripe for harvest. You know, I think that over the last maybe 30, 40 years, um, maybe it goes back even longer, we have been taught by significant Christian leaders and teachers to pray for the harvest and pray for Joe and pray for Bob and pray for Sally and all this kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. And I didn't intend to act like that is wrong, that God through his you know, spirit um, wouldn't open up their hearts to receive the gospel. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. But the scripture says, as I pointed out you know, Sunday, is that, Jesus calls us to pray for the harvest workers and so they can go out and reap that already ripe harvest. I don't know if I have anything to add to that, uh, Taylor. And the difference between um, where I once served as being the senior pastor here for 27 years and where I am now well, it's just awesome, <laughs> especially weekends and Sunday, <laughs> because you know, seriously, the way that we design this transition or secession is that um, I would grace of, gracefully, you know, bow out, and we had a secession plan in conjunction with the overseers or the elders of the church, and 
I mean, this was even a written down plan that mm -hmm. we submitted to the church family because we thought it was that important. And just to come in on Sunday morning and be incognito, to see all these new people, to see Jose mature in his speaking and the other pastors uh, speaking and the worship team, and then the outreach and the new things that you guys have created. It's been very, very uh, encouraging. Uh, I read during my, you mentioned being a doctor, Jose, so I can build on this now. Uh, <laughs> Prove it. During, during, my, during, you know, during my dissertation, which was on pastoral secession, I read a statement uh, from an author that said, the true um, evidence of your ministry is not when you're at the local church, but it's when, you're, when, you, when you leave. Mm -hmm. And that's what your legacy is all about. So I'm very, very grateful for what God is doing here. And he gets all the credit. And by the way, God gets all the credit for the foundation of this church, by the sending of people out, all that kind of stuff. I know you, it's kind of a cliche now in Christian about, you know, we just partner with God and, you know, watch what he's doing, all that kind of stuff. But it's really true yeah. is we don't want to take any credit for that. Uh, at the same time, it could be different. And we have not gone down the road, thank God, uh, of just being focused on ourselves because that's a cul-de-sac. Yeah. Well, Rob, I got to go on record and say how difficult it is. And you are a doctor because you studied this for secession to take place, especially when it's a founding pastor passing the baton. Right, right. And so I agree, it is glory to God, but it's because you have chosen to be externally focused about church and also about your vocation. And I'll never forget what you shared with me that the prayer every morning going to church saying, Lord, if you have somebody else that you want to do this job, let me know and, and I'll, I'll move aside. Mm -hmm. And so the transitions, how smooth it's been, it's been, it's been because you've led the way. And you know, this today or, or this, this last Sunday is evidence Rob hasn't been on stage for, for a whole year. That that was Rob's design of saying, hey, I'm, I'm gonna step out for this period of time. I've, I've kept on asking him, hey, come on this Sunday. This will be a great message for you to preach. This this will be but great. It didn't work out. It and the reason out. it didn't work out is because I can stay at home and watch live stream in my pajamas <laughs> with my cup of coffee. So it was awesome, you know, it just didn't work out. Yeah, and then to, to, to go back to the point, it says pray for the workers. And I love that because people are not projects. Mm -hmm. And so when we pray for the workers, then we're praying for real life people, people that have cha been changed by God to enter into somebody's life, be it us or somebody else. I can think of a time when I had a friend uh, in another city far away and I was praying, Lord, bring somebody into that person's life. And it happened. Mm -hmm. And the connection was unreal. They actually had connections to our church. This person that met this other guy and, and he invited him to a Bible study, perfect timing, God, divine, all of that stuff. But people are not projects. People are loved by God. And so when we pray for workers, we're actually praying um, for, for individuals mm -hmm. and not just for someone to change. Or, or uh, That's God's mm -hmm. job, Good as point. you have like so that. taught me. Uh, well, Dr. Rob Campbell. I wish I would have known that point before I spoke on Sunday morning. I could have inserted edit that. Edited it in, I think. Edit it in yeah. technology. People are not projects. I like that in connection with that point a lot. No, that's good. I love kind of keeping on this point. Something too, I think about excuses that I can think about is the fact that 
global missions is not right in front of me. And there's just so much that can dominate or just take over, distract me, frankly. So, you know, I'm sure you've been aware there's a lot happening either locally or just within our country. So, so how have you two been able to kind of continue to keep global missions and the Great Commission, not just locally, but globally at the forefront, or at least kind of something as far as a part of your kind of walk and being able to, whether it's pray, support, however, how do you, how do you kind of... Long-term or in the short term? Either, either. Okay, I'll speak in the long-term. Long-term for me has been, I always get refreshed when I am speaking with or serving one of our international ministry partners. It's just so neat to hear their stories. And so it reminds me of the why, Mm. why we take time to do this. You know, frankly, for some here today, it's like, hey, you know, international mission is not my thing. And they kind of fall into what I talked about where why don't we just take care of our own and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, But man, I tell you, when you see with your own eyes uh, what they're dealing with in their area of the world, uh, you know, you've heard the phrase before, it breaks your heart, or it really does. You know, Titter, I had no idea in 1993 that I would have ministered in 35 nations Mm. over 27 years. Give me a break. (laughs) I mean, I thought we'd take a couple of Mexico ministry trips, you know, (laughs) and, uh, but it's just, it's been amazing that, that um, how God has opened up the doors and it's been amazingly refreshing. Mm. I mean, my story is a little different because I'm, I'm international. I, had a green card for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I came to faith through Cypress Creek Church, when I gave my life to Christ at 18 through a community group at Crosstalk, um, I remember walking into the church for the first time and looking at all the flags and thinking, how the heck, in the heck, uh, how on earth <laughs> is this church in Wimberley, Texas connected to all of these countries? Mm. And I think it's because of focus. And I also think that the, the the deeper I went into my faith, the more excited and encouraged and even blessed um, with knowledge I was at the depths of the gospel because it does penetrate and bless every culture in the planet. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot to learn from other cultures mm-hmm. as to how they see, you know, the gospel, read the word and do church because it, it, there's just this beauty when you, when you do something that is different than the way that we do things. So um, I, I agree though, Rob, it's been my time abroad where I remember my first mission trip was to Wolverhampton, England. And you think, well, you're going to England on a missions trip? What did you do? Watch soccer? We did that too. (laughs) But we also went and did street evangelism and listening to people's apathy about God and the things of God really does break your heart. You know, pre-COVID years, there were years that we were sending out a hundred people on short-term ministry trips. And I know that that is still in the sight for the future. And when somebody goes and they see it and they experience it themselves, then they bring it back to the fellowship from which they've come, the church family. And in our congregation, in our church family right now, there are these subgroups. I'm not using subgroups as a negative word, but their favorite missionary <laughs> is Morris, you know, from yeah. Uganda. Yeah. 
you know, or Dr. Mitch, you know, and Myanmar. Yeah, they because they've been there, they've seen them, and that's who they have a relationship with. And again, that's the key word, relationship. And all that's good and fine. You want to see that happen. Yeah. So. yeah. That's really good. Fourth point, Rob, fourth and final was about the Holy Spirit and talking about how the Holy Spirit is not here just to bless us, but part of empowering us and, and kind of moving us to action. So I love kind of how you phrase that. I'd love to kind of hear kind of why is that so significant when it does come to international missions as well as just, I think, frankly, all sort of uh, sharing of the gospel. And maybe what are some ways in which people can get caught up or what are some ways they can kind of tell Am I kind of too, what what part of the spectrum am I at as far as how can I tell whether I'm really kind of in a good spot with with taking action and not just on the receiving end? Yeah, I think it goes back to that little word that I pointed out in Acts one eight, the word and that he'll in, anoint or empower and will tell. And again, I don't want everyone listening to see tell as necessarily preaching on Sunday morning, but you know, speaking through our actions and our service and all that it's both stuff yeah. is it's both and that's right. And so um you know, I th- I had a a man come up to me Sunday after their service and said I, I think I understand God the Father and, and God the Son, but I can't quite wrap my head around the Holy Spirit. And I, I said, welcome to the crowd. <laughs> and he said, what can I do about it? And, you know, I, I gave him some of my thoughts. Um, but in essence, what I suggested to him was, of course, getting someone's help and looking at the actual scriptures on the Holy Spirit and if he had a spiritual mentor or community group leader working through, for lack of a, a, a different word, you know, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, not what this author who wrote a book on the Holy Spirit, although those are good to find, I'm sure, but what God's Word says about who he is, you know, in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I think that's the ticket, Taylor, is just to learn about the Holy Spirit by looking at the word and taking it slow and methodical. There's no race to have it all figured out. We're all learning, we're all growing, we're all maturing. Mm -hmm. And he speaks to every single person at all times. You don't need to be a Christian to know, um, you know, the Holy Spirit. It says that before that we came to the Father it was the Spirit of the Spirit of God that was really drawing, drawing us, yeah. ourselves back to the Father. So I look in my life and I think of t- things that happened and thought that's it's only God. Well, how is it God? It's through His Holy Spirit. He's God. Um, and I love what you said, Rob, in saying that the Holy Spirit is selfless. So I think to answer your question on the spectrum, if all you can think about is your situation, what God's not doing for you, or what you think God is asking you to do in order to earn his love or anything like that, we're lacking that empowerment of the Holy Spirit because when we are fully empowered, we are looking out and we're on mission with God's Holy Spirit to see how we can be used by him to fulfill his mission. What's his mission? Go, (laughs) tell everyone about me, baptize, teach them to obey. That's the mission and it has no borders, culture boundaries, it's for everyone. And there's no greater mission to be on than that. And again, it's fueled um, by his Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, one of our pastors said to me in between services Sunday, yep, Holy Spirit is not our good luck charm. That's right. And that resonated with me that we as Christ followers pull him out, pull him meaning the Holy Spirit out Mm -hmm. when we need something done for us. Mm -hmm. And trust me, in my estimation, that is uh, rampant Mm -hmm. in Christianity today. God knows what you desire because mm-hmm. he created you and he's going to fulfill you know, your heart's desires as you lean in toward doing his will. And when we start veering our own way, he has his own creative ways of bringing us back to the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And he just does that. And it's not pleasant all the time, actually, very few times is it pleasant, right? Yeah. But it's uh, life-giving at, at the, the end of the road. Yep. That's so good. That's so good. I'd love to kind of lead with one final question, and that is about how can we practically apply? What is maybe some encouragement or advice you would both give to someone that's, how do we take this message that we heard on Sunday and apply it? Because there's COVID and it's not, we can necessarily jump on a plane or God may not be calling all of us to move. So what is maybe kind of one thing, or maybe a few that would be ways in which you kind of would encourage someone just to kind of take the next step when it comes to just valuing and seeing God's will for global missions? So I will start out and then let Pastor Jose give you the more appropriate answers to that question. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> I mean, if you really are plugged into Cyprus, uh, why not just take a look at those international ministry partners and think in terms of what could my community group do for this person in this place that we're already supporting? And you can do something quarterly pretty darn easy, uh, maybe more frequent than that. Just a word of encouragement. I mean, a recent story that hit Earth Mission Asia was, I won't call the country's name, but in another country, uh, they were excited about uh, Earth Mission Asia graduating our first group of six students as physician's assistants in Myanmar. And so he sent a card to our Arkansas office congratulating every six, every one of these six students, you know? And he didn't have to do that. And he did it. And I know it's going to mean the world to these uh, physician assistant grads now. Uh, And we simply took a picture of those cards and sent them over there via inter- internet for the graduates to see them. You know, it's just little stuff like that it goes a long way. I still have cards in, uh, I was telling somebody this morning about encouragement and how I encourage people to encourage their pastors and overseers <laughs> and community group leaders. I said, I have, I have cards in, you know, a certain drawer in my office, my home office from people over the years that I still cherish. Yeah. They came at the right time. I needed it. And so, yeah, con- consider checking out who Cyprus is already uh, supporting. You know, talk to Pastor Jose, Pastor Bob, and others on the team about how you might get involved. You don't need to do anything grandiose or big. Just take the first step. I agree. And 
as much as we get encouragement, I know talking to some of our ministry partners, they need it way more because we do are we are blessed with a very, very loving body here. And they are too, but hearing it from a different uh, perspective and, and uh, someone here, it, it speaks a lot. And we have gotten creative through COVID. So most of these people are on Facebook, like our sister church in Mexico, they're on Facebook every night. <laughs> so you can check them out, send them a letter praying or worshiping with you from USA and or from Wimberley or from San Marcos or wherever. And those, you know, those, those little notes go, go a long way. I think you're absolutely right, Rob. The other thing that I really appreciate about your message, Rob, is it reminded me that the devil really is looking for someone to devour. And mm. if we are not aware of that, then we're not immune. We're all a part of this humanity, um, this side of heaven, we're susceptible to the enemy's schemes. And so recognizing what they are and then being aware that he is out there, man, I think what you said, time and time again is so true. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, but we gotta watch out. Mm. We gotta watch out so that we can stay the course and watch the great commission continue forward here in Wimberley, St. Marcus, and to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and I will just add on real quick, uh, Tater, to what Pastor Jose said. Our international ministry partners are blown away that we care for them right. in such a way. And they almost feel, well, why why me? And why are, why are y'all so interested in, in what we're doing over here? I mean, it, it, out of a heart of humility. And that's really neat to see. And so just a, just a small word of encouragement, extra financial gift or whatever it might be is, is, is huge to them because they're working hard in the fields. So they appreciate the support of Cypress. Awesome. Well, Jose, I'd love to give you the last word, whether it's previewing next week's message or some final words to- And I, I may add to the last word too. <laughs> Please do. I just want to say thank you, Rob, for bringing a timely word thank to you, Jose, our church. Thank you, for having me and Taylor. Thank you for having me. We'll this will be the last, last podcast I probably do. Nope, we'll have you again. You're kind of stuck now that you're back in the rotation, but I think it's fun what God's doing and I'm excited to see what he continues to do. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.